This is just a quick language warning for people who are at work or with their kids or who just don't want to listen to something with strong language. Welcome to the Interior Analysis Podcast. Your boy is leading this one. I'm Jelani. Kelly. I'm Evan Westman. I'm David Jones. And today we're we're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man Two, the sequel, if you didn't know, to the Amazing Spider-Man One, directed by Mark Webb, starring Andrew Garfield. Let's go. Let's let's get. Well, it's not really initial thoughts because I don't think this is any any of our first time seeing this, right? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll just do some off the cuff intro stuff any anything you guys wanted to say before we get into topics uh go ahead the shit was boring (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i am not going to be as defensive of this as i was the last one so that's yeah i'm gonna try not to be and i completely understand because they i just left the movie playing so we could start on time and they were (laughs) There were a lot of like lulls that I was just like, all right, I, I can do some other things while this is hmm. like Gwen and Peter when they oh they reconnected. God. And I was like, all right, we, I have other stuff I could be doing right now. <laughs> There's just they're really stretching Peter too thin. We'll get into it, but that's they're pulling him too thin. Yeah. Why don't we like before we get into anything? Why don't we all just say like how we first saw this and then like what our thoughts were this time i first saw this in theaters in 2014 so i would have been 15 i don't know when in 2014 this came out so i'm not sure like where that puts me in my curriculum but when i watched it i didn't think it was as bad as the like it got really torn apart to anyone who wasn't like watching or in the reviews section of people's movies at the time like people did not like this movie and i was a little on its side i was like come on guys it's not perfect, but, like, it's not awful. This time, after spending four wonderful years at Drexel and starting to understand why things are the way they are, I really understand why this movie got torn apart, because, goo-hoo-hoo, there's a lot of nothing happening for two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say the full two and a half, but I think at least one of the two and a half, there's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I like Evan. I'm gonna try my best not to defend it because I. This is where us and Raimi fans differ. Uh, we understand it's a bad movie. We enjoy it as a well. I I don't know if I speak for Evan, but I I enjoy it as a guilty pleasure. The Raimi fans just, one hundred percent. I was actually texting my friend. Uh, I think we had. Did we have Chase on before? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the MPAAs. Yeah. I've seen him. I, I, I saw his, Um, he, I think he's like live tweeting it as he's watching. Yeah, it. okay, okay, yeah, so you did, yeah. Uh, he was, he rewatched, what perfect timing, he rewatched all three movies today, and man, those nostalgia guys. He rewatched all three Raimi movies today? Yes. Whoa, Whoa that that's is a, a commitment. He, he. I mean, we broke we up. did that last year over the course of like a week, and that was too much. Yeah, we uh, he he actually broke up between the second and third just to watch the Sixers game, um, but then went right back into three, and he was live tweeting and also texting uh, one of my group chats about how 
great the movie is and the movies are and i was just like you uh for my intro stuff i remember seeing this in theaters and being depressed that gwen gets clapped um i I said i think i said on the amazing spider-man podcast but this is one of the few things i didn't know about spider-man before seeing this movie i had no idea gwen stacy died because my introduction to spider-man was mainly the raimi films and Gwen ain't dying in those movies, so I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I remember my dad verbally saying, really? When Spidey shot the web out that looked like a hand that was reaching out to her? And then I think we were all, because I, I think my brother was in it, so I say all, uh, shocked. Ha. Uh, when her neck done broke? Yeah, R.I.P. Also, Ryan from The Office is in this, and he, he's still being an ass. So. Yeah, that was, I didn't know that when i watched it the first time i had not seen the office mm-hmm. so watching it this time i was like oh shit it's the dude from the office yeah yeah he's there for all of two scenes i think and like they're not yeah. even very long scenes yeah, happy birthday was as much as felicia hardy oh god i completely wasted character yeah well i think they were I, I think i read somewhere they were supposed to have more with felicity jones's character like she was supposed to be like a love interest for harry i think but yeah. they ended up not doing that or they were gonna like bring that in in the third or something. I don't know. In the oh god. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the details were, but I think she was supposed to have a bigger role. I don't know if you said how you felt uh, first watching it, but I think I probably had the best initial reaction to this. Like to this day, watching this in the theater might be the best experience I've had seeing anything in a theater. Endgame. Um. Yeah, I think it tops Endgame. What? Like, Endgame was not... Alright, come on. You know, like, where I stand with... I'm not gonna deny that Endgame was cool, but, like, of the, like, six or seven friends that I saw it with, I think I was the least into it. Which isn't to say that I was, like, totally not into it, but they were all, like, much more on that train than I was. Did you go with me? Um, Did we see it together? No. Oh. No, we... we No. I, I went with some other friends. Oh. I think the... Oh, to this day, I think the only movie we've seen together is Dark oh. Phoenix. So. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another time. But that is my fault. Um, <laughs> short answer, yes, much better than Endgame. I think the only theater experience that rivals it is probably Tenet the first time. I was pretty amped watching Tenet last year in theaters. I really enjoyed it in theaters. It was among my favorite movies for most of high school. I also remember, like, it was kind of significant in my, like, the start of my, like, I don't want to say career because that's the wrong word. But, like, as a, like, analyst film reviewer, like, I think this was the last movie I saw in theaters before I started getting into, like, criticism and screenwriting because I kind of got into those at the same time. And I remember this was one of the first movies I reviewed on IMDb back when I did that Mm -hmm. and it was it was kind of a turning point like for some reason this one always sticks out as like the first review I feel like I actually did half decent on I reread it last night and I I don't agree with everything I said there were some places I was way off the mark but I I read it without cringing which is not the case most of the time I reread my reviews most of them make me cringe very hard but I always kind of think of this as, like, I feel like I started taking 
reviews and like criticism a little more seriously with this one i don't know why but it just always has stood out to me it's baffling Um, to me you started with this one I, I did. It wasn't the first one. It was. It was like number thirty, I think. No, I but mean, looking. You said looking at movies critically. From a... it's not. Just, I don't know. I just the distinction that I made with it because like, for the first like twenty nine or whatever that I did, I had the entire thing be like one long paragraph, and then for that one, I decided like I should start breaking these up, and I I continued doing that after, and I don't know. It just, I mean, most of what I wrote, probably all of what I wrote before, and honestly, most of what I wrote after is not great. It took a while to develop, I'd say, like, decent criticism skills, but I think this was, like, my first success, I guess, because it's the oldest thing I can reread and be like, all right, there's something there. So this movie was the first time you discovered the enter key on your keyboard? <laughs> no, no, it's it's a long story with how IMDb does its formatting and stuff. Um, I just, like, decided I wanted to actually, like, make them look well formatted and something like that. I don't, I don't do reviews anymore because now I do this, but mm-hmm. that was a starting point. Um, I wanted to... No, I wanted to jump into this. I added this last minute because I completely forgot. I don't know why I didn't. Music. Uh, just real quick. Hans Zimmer was on one with this. I, I don't normally check for soundtracks and movies unless it's... Normally, it's. I think it's comic book movies that I normally download, like Spider-Verse. That was a fire soundtrack. Um, yeah. But it wasn't one composer. Um, Man of Steel is another fantastic one for me. Also Hans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Silvestri with any Avengers theme. But this was this was one of the few where I downloaded the electro theme and the intro theme. As, as soon as I hear that bell of the, uh, of, of the theme, that opening, I, I get hyped. When he starts swinging yes. through the city, I'm just like, yes. That yeah. song was my alarm for a long time. It's a great song that, to wake like, up to. That song that plays when he first, like the beginning of that swing sequence, mm-hmm. I had that as my alarm. It was like excellent to wake up to it's too bad everything that followed after was disastrous not everything not everything most i'm gonna i'm i'm not gonna like defend the whole movie but i like we'll we'll get to this later i have things that i think are bright spots all right but the score is yes second like actually go go more on the score because i'm i'm gonna second most of it but if you have more no i I don't Uh, i want to hear if david has anything with the score the score specifically, I enjoyed more in this movie. I found myself, especially in the Spider-Man moments, being like, okay, enjoying that part more. It's not okay. as much as the Elfman one, but I like it a lot more than the first one. The soundtrack as a whole, though, I felt the song choices in this movie were a little, I don't know if they were too on the nose. They were just, whenever music would start playing, like, I remember, I forget what song it is, but whenever Peter, he, like, puts on the headphones and he goes to his closet... Oh, yeah, the Phil, yeah. yeah, I was like, this is a little too much. Like, Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay, I don't need this right now. So the soundtrack part of it, I wasn't as much of a fan of as I was of actual Hans score. Yeah. Like, that's Hans okay. Zimmer for you. So, I mean, we'll... breaking news, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what I meant. Not the entire soundtrack, because I forgot that song was in this. I tried to block it out of my head. 
but um, Hans Zimmer specifically in this movie. Yeah, this... I don't know what else competes with this, but it might be my favorite score. Which is why it's a freaking crime that Apple Music doesn't have it on there. They they did for a while. I bought like six of the songs back in high school, back before I like Apple Music did their streaming thing. But now I, I can't even get at those because they took off the whole thing. I don't know why. I'm very upset about that. I had like five of these songs that I would just like play on repeat throughout high school. Because um, back then, like movie scores were most of what I listened to because I had no taste. Uh, let's move on to, if we don't have any more for music, let's move on to thoughts. I was very nervous going into this because, you know, it's been it's been a while since I saw this and I do have nostalgia for it. And I was like, eh, but I have a much more critical eye now. Maybe I'm not gonna, it's not gonna hold up. And to an extent, that's true. Like, there's a lot of problems with this. But at the same time, I still enjoyed this. Like, I think it's still probably third. I think I'd rewatch this over definitely Spider-Man Homecoming, maybe over Far From Home, even though I did enjoy that one. It has a lot of issues, like I said, and we'll get into more of it, but there are some really high highs in this movie. Like, I think it has most of my favorite Spider-Man moments in anything. Like, that opening swing sequence is still awesome. Right before he starts letting people die when he's talking to Rhino. Yeah, that that I take issue with. As as I said, it's moments. It's not like that whole scene, okay. but like the stuff like moments within all of these are like really transcendent, I think. When he when he stops the bus, I love that. The part where he saves the people in Times Square like That was cool. That is one of the best Spider-Man like five seconds of narrative time ever like that's so dope the electro fight at the power grid pretty good actually same with the fight with goblin i, I don't love how they get to those but the fights themselves pretty decent that's all a blur death. Me, for me yeah uh like i don't remember specifically what he did besides connecting the webs like i could i could take or leave those scenes plus Having two villains in this movie, three, technically, because of Rhino, none of them fight Spider-Man together. Don't worry. They don't learn how to do that until Sinister Six. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If only we got the Amazing Spider-Man 3. Jelani, they were just rolling for initiative. Like, I don't know what's confusing for you right now. <laughs> That's why Goblin showed up right after? <laughs> yeah, like, okay, yeah, I was like to roll for time. initiative first. <laughs> Oh. Plus, Goblin had to take six turns to, like, get his glider as far <laughs> as he had to go. Yeah. It's a long way. Um, just a, a couple couple more moments I wanted to shout out. Gwen's death. I know we'll, we'll make jokes about it, whatever. David will. It's still good. The final moment when Spider-Man comes back, I, I still got chills. It's so cool. It's a nice moment. Like, it's... It's really cool. The only thing I remember being frustrated by that in theaters, though, because it ended. all of the trailers ended yeah. with that same shot. Yeah. And I was like, kind of looking forward to like, oh, what's like the rest of that fight gonna be? And then as it was happening, I was like, oh man, they're gonna end on the trailer shot. Like, yeah. Oh, that's kind of a letdown. I I was shocked in the theaters once I saw it was over. Watching it now, I don't care. I'm just like, this is 
this is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, this is as many problems as there are in, like, the bulk of this movie. I still get so amped at the ending. It's, like, it's excellent. And, like, just throughout, like, I think if Amazing Spider-Man 1 sold me on Peter Parker, this sold me on, like, Spider-Man as a superhero because he's just, like, so resourceful and smart in his action scenes in this movie. Like, the way he uses, like, he'll, like, pick stuff up and, like, swing it with his webs and stuff. Like, the way he uses the manhole cover at the end, I think is just, like, that kind of resourcefulness we don't really see in most other Spider-Man movies, I think. Or at least not in the Raimi trilogy and not in Amazing Spider-Man 1. For sure. I didn't notice that he was deflecting the missiles with the cover until somebody pointed it out on Reddit. It's so cool. Like, I love that so much. Um, but even, like, there's a, there's a few other moments, too. Like, when he's fighting Electro at the power grid, like, he immediately tries to use the water on him, like, before. Like, that's just immediately what he should do. Even that opening chase, I know there's, like, criticisms to make of that. There's several moments in there that he's just, like, being very aware and, like, when he when he webs up, like, the, the vile things, there's a great thinking on his feet that you see, and I feel like that's just not present in most other Spider-Man scenes. I think it's a dope display of his powers, like, the capability, because he's able to perceive things faster and, and, and such, so... Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the action in this. And he was doing it on his own, <clears throat> Iron Man Jr. Um, yeah, yeah. So. They use slow-mo and visual effects really well here, I'd say. Uh, like, you, you're saying you like most of the action. I don't like all of the action in this. I think it's weird because most of the time I prefer, like, practical effects to CGI. I think this is one of the only movies where, like, when it's practical, I feel like they just kind of did a bad job with, like, practical effects with the cars and stuff. Barring um, the Times Square scene, I think it gets worse over time. Like, by the end, it's just all CGI. I couldn't... That's why I said it's all blurry. So I don't remember anything specific happening when it comes to, came to them fighting. Yeah, normally I have a problem with that. In this, I was like, I, I think the, the CGI is... It looks good. In this, I think it looks better than most MCU movies, um, and maybe that's just nostalgia goggles for me. But I would take watching this over basically any MCU movie. I'm not thinking of any. I feel like they just use really? their CGI very poorly. <laughs> well, I, I feel like the MCU uses their CGI very poorly. But you um, would take this movie over any MCU movie. Um, I heard the steam coming out of David's ears. I don't have a lot of love for the MCU like some people. I mean, me either. Anyway, you asked any of my friends. I despise the MCU, but like, come on. (laughs) No, I'm not going to argue that it's better, but I personally have a better time watching this movie than (laughs) I do with most MCUs. But like, like, what about like, uh, like... There's a lot of different flavors. Like you got like Guardians that touches some people. There's not that many different. Yeah, there are. There's some. There's some. Some Guardians. Well, that explains. That's like the formula personified. So that makes sense why you don't like it. A lot of people get touched by Thor three. A lot of people are touched by Black Panther. You wouldn't pick any of those over this movie. I think Civil War. Black Panther is definitely a better movie. I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. Black Panther. Like, 
I would take Black Panther over this, like, yeah. any day. Avengers 1, Black Panther, Endgame, Infinity War. Those are all better movies, but I don't enjoy them as much as this. I would take this over the first Avengers. That's a me thing. Okay. For sure. Like, I'm not, I'm not arguing. Like, obviously, they have a coherent plot in those movies and this movie kind of doesn't the first avengers so is argue that boring up until that final fight first avengers is so boring yeah no it's uh, i'm not i'm not gonna argue with that stack it up like on in an objective sense on like does is there like a clear through line with that plot yes there is in avengers and in this there there really isn't but i enjoy this more that's just my reaction it's not necessarily like this is guilty pleasure isn't the first word I'd use, but this is a pretty bad movie that I really enjoy. And it's I like think not that was... bad. Like yeah, it's bad, but... but like it's like like to me this is my thing. I'm recently and by recently I mean within the past month watched The Phantom Menace <laughs> again, and that ah, is one of the worst ooh. movies I think I've ever seen in my entire life and I I'm kind of using that, that. Right? But I'm using that as, like, a thing. And, like, this is nowhere near as awful as The Phantom Menace. It's not a good movie by any means, but it is not, like, the garbage that I think people shit on it to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it I think it gets hated on too much, but there are also very legitimate problems with it. Oh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually kind of, like, by the end of watching it, like, a few nights ago, I was kind of like, I, I think I understand... Raimi fans now i don't agree with them still <laughs> um and but that's not to say but i understand, I understand. it's like you came I, to like a religious like moment <laughs> you're like sitting by a fire and you were like yes i have gotten my calling now i'm ready well i can break bread with those people now because well but but i i, I don't want to like assume that Raimi fans all Think that I think there are some who think that they're like God's gift to cinema, but those are few and far between. I think. No, they're not. No, they're not. Almost every single one of them is. Okay, maybe you've met different ones than I have. <laughs> there's, there's an. Uh, I'm gonna keep. I'm a reference Reddit. There's an entire subreddit dedicated to that, and I told you nothing but the comments are, are just quotes from all three of the fucking movies. Sorry to swear, but all of them, including my friend that I, I need to question the friendship with, like. <laughs> I see. I can get along with Raimi fans. No, like I, I think it's, I think it's fine. There's a difference because I think the part of the reason that like people hate on this more is that the bad parts of this are not fun bad. Whereas like, yeah, I can enjoy like I hate the Raimi movies, but I still watch all the Bully Maguire like memes yeah. that come out because they're hilarious. There's fun stuff in the badness for the Raimis. Mm-hmm. Whereas for this, like, I don't defend the bad parts of this movie. I'm not going to in this podcast because they are bad. Like, I also hate them. Mm-hmm. But there are just other parts that I think shine very bright. And that makes this a worthwhile experience for rewatching for me personally. It was humbling rewatching this because, like, I, I think. I wish I wasn't like this, but I think sometimes I do get a little bit, like, elitist in my likes and dislikes. And this just reminded me, like, it's okay for me and other people to like stuff that's not good. And I think I forget that too often. So, just look at Randy fans. 
right. Yeah. Well, I want to offer right. a little bit of I love Spider-Man fans. 1 and 2. Sure. No follow-up. See? He's <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. This is not I a mean, safe space. <laughs> like, uh, I just I just don't want us to go down a Raimi tangent. No, it was bound to it was bound to happen. You can't really talk about these movies separately from each other, but... I know, it's like, iconic. No, but, like, I, I mean, I know you don't speak for all Raimi fans, David, but, like... Not news to me. <laughs> I don't agree... I, I don't agree that they're good. I don't know if that's what you are saying there, or like, because enjoying it is different than saying it's good. I don't agree that they're good, but I respect your enjoyment of them. God bless. <laughs> So, I'm gonna try like in the future to not. I can be sleep as, tonight. Like... <laughs> well, I'm gonna try in the future to not be as like aggressively against like McGuire Raimi fans, even though like I, I think you should stab them. them on sight <laughs> and watch them bleed out and say, "Is this what Uncle Ben wanted for you?" Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna do that. I I already have friends who are fans of them like <laughs> same I, I know I, more people who are fans of Raimi than the I guess this is the web yeah duology yeah the Mark Webb yeah the web duo the Mark Webb duo I feel like Mark Webb's name gets less mentioned with these though I feel like people reference these as the Garfields but his name like is Raimi Webb McGuire. it's not that difficult I, I think about that every time when the credits roll I'm like oh. ah. yeah well, I think part of it is that, like, this movie doesn't really feel that much like The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Like, I don't feel his, Oh, no, like, it feels same... so different. Yeah, whereas you can feel a very consistent tone across the Raimis. Like, he has so much more of a distinct style mm -hmm. and, like, voice, yeah. I guess. His fingerprints it. all over that. You're like, that is Sam Raimi. It's like when you watch a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or, like most notable directors but i watched both of these and i'm like I, I don't know what like the mark webb trademark is from watching these the fans are asking for a web cut horrible dialogue what in this i think so i hated the dialogue the dialogue we went to die all right there there dialogue. was one moment where i was like really man when uh as soon as electro decides he's gonna be a villain he just starts off the bat making villain quips he's like he mm -hmm. says something like it's my birthday time for me to light my candles. And then he tries to shock Spider-Man. I'm like, dude, you just decided to be a villain and now you're going full cheese. Okay. Yeah. Well, they dropped the ball really for Don't you know Electro? I'm Electro. Yeah. I'm Electro. <laughs> well, I, that's, that's maybe his best moment. I hated the Harry oh. dialogue. Like, I felt oh, like a lot of the Harry God. shit was, like, such exposition-y dialogue that, like, they just told you instead of showing you anything. They were like, you know, we spent the first 20 minutes in a flashback that we just redid from the first movie to give you a little bit more mm -hmm. context that won't matter. So to make up for that, let's take up 10 years to 15 years of memories in this sentence about being friends. And I'm like, bruh, what is going on here? Yeah. And then Gwen, everything I really, like, I feel like Gwen is a different character in this movie. But a little bit. Not, not totally not too different. different. She has some of her parts in the first one. But I, she was just such a power player in the first one. And this one, I feel like she's really just there at the behest of 
the screenwriter needing plot conflict for Spider-Man. Mm. And I'm like, oh my yeah. god. I mean, she hits Electra with the card, David. So there's nothing. There she is. Yep. She pulls the thing down to make it go boom. Yep. And then and dies. Gives, and gives dies. Peter the idea to magnetize his web shooters. That's a pretty clutch move. I thought yeah. that one dude on the TV gave him that. Because he was like, oh, I no, just knew. No, it's her. No, remember when Electro comes back, she's like, okay, magnetize oh, the, the battery. Oh, the magnet yeah, with batteries. Explode. See, that was the thing, like, to me, in the first movie, Gwen was such a powerful, independent character on her own in this movie. Like, she had her own thing going on, and Peter was, like, interfering with that, and that was some of the conflict in the first movie, and it worked. But this one, it was like, well, Gwen is gonna pretty much just do whatever we need her to do for Peter, because she's just, like, under his thumb the whole time. And I'm like, this isn't Gwen. But she decides to leave for Oxford. And then she comes back, and she goes, it's my choice. It's my choice, Peter. That's why I'm here, because it's my choice. I thought that I was just... Be here. I thought that was just... She did repeat it a lot. I, I thought it was just for the, the power grid scene. I, th- I didn't think there was more to that. Well, there was, there was going to be more if she didn't die. I'm kind of with Jelani on this. I think that was, like, in it, just a momentary kind Are of thing. Are you kidding? Like, I'm here to... Andrew he Garfield. said, I love you on the bridge, swooped down, took her, and then they had that the whole moment. The was that he would go to England. Yeah, it was never Andrew Garfield is stay. British, David. It, it all works out. <laughs> that, was, that was it. It would have yeah. worked out. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> that was not. Nope. What I did notice was with them this time was, like, I think that they, apparently there's a lot, like, their their relationship is much more serious than it was at the end of the first movie. Like, I don't know how much time we're supposed to assume has passed, but, like, they are much more serious about each other from, like, like as soon as they're breaking up, I'm like, oh, this has, like, some weight to it that was not there in the first movie. I guess they were more serious, but, like, to me, I don't know. I'm all about the action in anything that I'm watching. And, like, Gwen's scenes with Peter, there wasn't a lot of action going on. There just was a lot of talking and a lot of back and forth about, like, I got, I can't be with you, but we have to, but we have to be together. But I can't be with you. And I'm like, but I felt like the scenes I got in the first one had more substance. Like, there might not have been as deep in their relationship, but I got more substance out of their relationship. Mm. This one, I was like, mm. each scene, they were having the same issue until there he finally one. concedes and is like, you know what? There's no reason why we shouldn't be together. And then he kills her. <laughs> I, shouldn't I mean, be I think you're this. slightly oversimplifying it, but I do hear you because, like... I mean, they're... it's completely accurate. <laughs> well... There's side, like, I think obviously there's a lot of plot issues and that is one of them. They really didn't know where they were trying to go, I think, with that relationship. Or, like, they just were like, all right, we need conflict. So they tried to create some and kind of did a bad job of it. There's a lot of back and forth. What I do like, and, like, this is, again, tick up for this against the Raimi trilogy, the chemistry between the two of them does pay off, I think. Because... I get the sense that, like, they really enjoy being around each other. You still get that, I think, from all of their scenes together. And I never get that from any pair was, of people of any kind in the room. I was going to say that. Like, I, 
you cannot vouch for anything when it comes to Mary Jane for the Raimi movies. I don't care who you are. No. If if you no, it's it's on site if you, if you try to mm-mm, mm-mm. But to me mm-hmm. as a character, Gwen was giving a lot more Mary Jane energy in this movie in the way that she really is not doing anything. Okay. <laughs> like I disagree. That's fine. I disagree. I think she's I think she is asserting herself as more of a sidekick than a love interest like from a like character construction perspective and i don't love that they give the oxford side plot because i think it just complicates things and like it's just one of like too many side plots but it at least gives her some kind of agency and like is at least continuing the like like she is valedictorian of their class like she's gonna be looking into some high-powered schools so I mean, Columbia. that's just such like a throwaway like point, though. Like the two and a half hours no, we get of no Gwen way. is just her not doing anything unless it is in accordance to Peter or with Peter. Like, I don't know. Gwen, the first movie gives me such independent intern living my own life vibes. And you're kind of a bug, Peter, but I'll let you in. And then I don't want to let you go. And this one, I'm like, you have a lot of responsibility. Your dad's dead. You got some two younger brothers, a mom who is now widowed. And she's acting reckless because she's digmatized, frankly. <laughs> and I don't I don't buy it. But that's my thing. I think her science comes across when it needs to, to help Peter. And every other point, she's like, but Peter, I thought you loved me. Oh. <laughs> I have a hard time defending this because I, I still think they did half decent not great but half decent with her in this both both with her and peter i feel like they they dropped the ball a little bit with both of them but i i attribute that more to plot issues than like disrespect for those characters like i feel like they are at least retaining some of like the spirit of both of them from the original they just totally shit the bed on the second act in this and we don't have to get into that now i'd like to later but i think that I would diagnose the stuff that they have them do as more of the problem. But it is hard to argue with your points there, David. The Raimi trilogy was written by an AI. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised. Nobody in those movies speaks like a real human. So I'd rather have bad dialogue than robotic. Well, I don't think See, all the I'm the other one. Bad. I kind of, I kind of think, I think Jelani. I want to say you raised the question when we did the Raimi trilogy of like, does it feel like somebody is writing, like a different person is writing the dialogue for each character? I would say no for the Raimi trilogies. Hmm. I might say yes for this movie because Electro and like the Oscorp people and Harry, or sorry, uh, Peter and Gwen and Aunt May, like. All of them feel like, like, groups of them feel like they exist in the same world. All of them together feel like they exist in, like, different realities. Like, it does feel pretty disjointed and, like, not consistent. Like, the Raimi movies, the dialogue is really bad, but the world that it creates, it is consistent. It doesn't make sense, but it's consistent. Consistently bad. Got it. Yeah punch me i bleed oh boy yeah like those come from the same person you know i'm something of a scientist myself yeah yeah exactly 
like all the uh, they're they're like the same note of cheesy whereas this half the time i feel like this is half decent like they gave like emma stone and andrew garfield some room to improv and that like those parts feel pretty good to me even though like the substance of those scenes sometimes there's something missing but like it feels naturalistic and then you get like electro going it's my birthday now it's time to light the candles or whatever like that that feels pretty those feel like they belong in different movies i mean it was kind of separate too like electro and dane dehan were dealing with their own thing and it was then, all very separate. Yeah. Peter's right. is- issues with Gwen, Aunt May, Harry, and Electro were completely independent of each other. Yeah. Well, here's... I don't know if this is a defense of this movie, but it's something that I, I've kind of come to notice, and it's that the problems with this movie feel like mistakes. They feel like nobody really wanted them to happen, whereas... The problems with the Raimi trilogy feel very intentional on somebody's part. And I don't know if like which movie that speaks well to, or if it speaks well to either. Maybe those, you know, they're they're problems no matter how you slice it. But I think with more time or with like less interference by somebody, like I don't think Mark Webb wanted these movies to be exactly what they were i think something was stepping on his toes i think all of these writers need to spend more time around humans yeah well i think also they had completely different writers for this than the first one i want to say i'm gonna look that up now but i think they had a different team of course sometimes the credited writers aren't like the ones who actually worked on it for a big studio thing like this or not the only ones who worked on it anyway so i think there's a disconnect there but yeah they, there's some pretty unrealistic lines in here. In both. In both. Well, more so the Raimi trilogy, I'd say. But there's a few there's a few pretty bad ones here that I will not stand by. Villains. Uh, Villains. Both. Electro. Harry. Are we going to include Rhino? What about J. Jonah Jameson that doesn't show up? He's a villain. Except in two emails, I think. S- Spider-Man is one of the villains. Because he lets a bunch of people die in the beginning. Uh, to make jokes, um, who who else? Oh, everybody's a villain. Black Cat is in this movie, except she's not. Wait, is is Felicia supposed to be Black Cat? Yep. Yeah, that's Black Cat. Felicia. Hurley. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Um, you wouldn't from this movie. That's the truth. Ryan from the Office. He's a villain in this movie. In um, my heart. Does <laughs> uh, that one guy that was, that got Harry kicked out the? Balding Aunt White May, guy. she's a villain. Aunt May's a villain. She plays the laundry sergeant. Um, laundry Nazi. Yeah. Uh, the planes were villains because they were going to crash into each other when the power was shut off. Those, those were villains, too. <laughs> All right, that's a little bit of a stretch um, there. The common cold was a villain. Electro's <laughs> <laughs> uh, music when he did the Itsy Bitsy Spider, that was one of the villains of this movie. I'm surprised that didn't kill uh, Gwen. Electro's Comover was a villain in this movie, actually. It oh, was, boy. It offended me on multiple yeah. levels. The electric dentistry, those were villains. That, that was the villain um, when his teeth got uh, fixed. Like grid towers that are unstable, that, that was a villain. Those are villains. There's a lot of villains in this movie. Yeah. 
I don't know how they do it. I mean, it. depending on how you slice it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Electro. Let's start with him. I, I read Evan's notes, and I'm going to side with him on this. I, I think Jamie Foxx, like, he, he's going to, I'm glad he's getting a second shot in No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Hopefully No Way Home does him justice, because he's, he's a really good actor. So uh, he, he just didn't have anything decent to work with in this movie. And it, Oh, boy. I think he is the right actor for this role, too. Like, he's... Because... Have, have either of you seen Collateral with him? No. no. Well, he kind of has to play, like, a similar role in that. In, in the sense that, like, he's playing somebody who starts off kind of lame. But then has to, like, become kind of a badass by the end. Like, there's, there's this one scene where he has to... Uh, Tom Cruise is the other big actor in that he has to pretend to be tom cruise's character and like jamie fox just does a really good job of walking this line where he can be very convincing as like the lamest person ever but also can be such a badass which is like exactly what he needed to be for this it's just that they wrote electro so badly like, more so Max Dillon, I think. Because I like Electro from a power standpoint. Like, I think he's a really good villain in terms of, like, fight scenes. Or maybe not fight scenes, but, like... Matchups with Spider-Man. His, yeah. Yeah, he's a great, like, Foil. physical villain mm-hmm. for Spider-Man. Max Dillon, as a character, is possibly the weakest part of this movie. Like, he's really poorly constructed. I've read he's supposed to be schizophrenic, which I didn't pick up until I read that. And, um, yeah, I don't yeah, believe he's the only that. He's the only villain in any Spider-Man movie who loses his split personality when he becomes a villain. Right. Every All the other ones get their split personality when they become a villain. Well, not Sandman. Oh, yeah, I guess not he's Sandman. He's got sand in his pants. All right. Yeah, I guess Sandman's an exception. But all the other ones, Venom, Lizard... Green Goblin, Doc Ock, they all get split personality. I said, look at Little Goblin Jr. Lord, don't. Goblin Jr. Gonna cry. (laughs) Don't look. It's better that way. Well, in this movie, he, he, uh, oh boy, where do we start? Well, are we done with the lecture? Oh, I can say my part. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's very brief. And it's quite offensive, but I, I was texting my friend live reactions to this movie, and the way I described it to him was, at least until he becomes Electro, Max Dillon is a panty sniffer. This dude <laughs> is a very weird... He's a, he, he's going on a panty raid with Mr. Krabs, <laughs> and I'm very uncomfortable about it, and I don't know what to do, because he will do anything to just love on spider-man and i didn't know we needed that and as a child or i guess a teenager i didn't remember him being that creepy but he really freaked me out when i watched it this time i was like uncomfortable like what i thought he was gonna like wear his skin or something he was like very obsessed for no reason i normally pride myself on predicting what people are going to be able to say but david you consistently like, I can never predict <laughs> what the hell you're going, like, where the hell you're going whenever you're you're talking about these movies. It's it's just hilarious. David's got the Homelander effect for Jelani. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unpredictability, that's, 
Oh, that's that's hilarious. Uh, panty sniffer. I and it's accurate because, I mean, I can't think of any other words to describe it. But yeah, Evan, what was your point? I I don't love his construction on almost any level, but one way they could have saved this a little bit, maybe maybe more than a little bit, they should have just picked one motivation for him because he he kind of bounces between like four villainous motivations. Well, he's schizophrenic. Like, Why would he choose just one? That's fair. Well, maybe just don't make him a schizophrenic where he's, like, talking to his version of Spider-Man in his mirror that's shaped like a human head. I don't know if... Wasn't his... No. I think it it was Max Dillon in the comics. I don't know if he was a schizophrenic originally in the comics. I'm with you there. Yeah, Yeah, because they're... Like, at different points, he's, like doing villainous things because of his betrayal from Spider-Man, because he feels invisible, because he didn't get credit for the power grid, because he feels like he he needs to be needed by someone, and, like, he's obsessed with power. If we had, like, a TV show length of time for this story, that might have been okay. In a two-hour movie where he's in, like, 40-odd minutes of it, you gotta pick one. Maybe two, but uh, honestly, like, I was thinking, like, a way you could fix this is, I think the power grid is probably the best motivation they could have picked for him that that felt decent, and you could have still had, like, Spider-Man be aware of it because he's working at Oscorp, Gwen works at Oscorp, she could have at least gotten wind of it somehow, maybe for once we could have a villain who spider-man doesn't have a personal connection with no never i don't think that would fix it perfectly because i see other problems coming up with that but they really did just give him as many motivations as they needed for like whatever plot convenience was best at the time that i think is the main thing that's a problem with him and again i feel bad for jamie fox because he's just so much better than this and he does try he does try. I don't think he gives a bad performance exactly. His performance is fantastic. It's all the material. Yeah. Well, it's exactly what I think they wanted him to do, but like there's just no way for him to save it. It's like well beyond saving before exactly. he Exactly. There's there. no way for him to read that creep ass dialogue and not be a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, his like I like it a lot, his... Max. <laughs> I like it a lot, Max. <laughs> That's what they should call the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Ooh, that was that was rough. Did we have more on Electro? No, I just hope he's he's better in my own. Agree. So Harry, to go to go off of Jamie Foxx's performance, I feel like Dane DeHaan is the only performance in this that I unequivocally dislike. Actually, I take that back. The guy who plays the rhino. I think it's actually Paul Giamatti. It's Paul Giamatti. It is Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if his performance is bad. That That's just... That is another one where it's like, it. what is he supposed to do? And he just screams, I rhino, die Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, Russian or like vaguely Eastern European stereotype. Also, there um, were many moments where the cops could have just shot him in the head when he had the rhino screen thing open. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully the rhino's not in this very much. That would have that would have made this movie truly indefensible, I think. Yeah. But Harry. Like, while we're on performance, I was trying to figure out 
who he reminded me of because his performance here has always reminded me of DiCaprio. But I realized, like, I think he's also got a little bit of Jack Nicholson in there. Like, he's doing, like, a combo impression of both of them. Oddly enough, I can see that. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. Like, he's kind of got DiCaprio's vibe, but he's kind of doing, like, a Jack Nicholson cadence, I feel Mm. like. You mean everyone's pissed off because he tried to turn the entire city into giant lizards. Yeah. He's also got the Bully Maguire haircut. Oh, God. Is... Oh, no. I didn't realize <laughs> His that. hair. Oh. The whole gosh. conversation. Do you oh. still blow dry your hair? One of my manservants holds the blow dryer <laughs> and I just comb it. Yeah. I'm capable of some things. That's, ah. that's why. Okay. That makes so much sense. I was wondering what was throwing me off about his design besides like his pink eye makeup. And holy. It is. Because he flips it a lot. Oh, he does it all the time. (laughs) He does the hair flip. Every scene he's in. If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. (laughs) Double the money. Until he gets that weird, like, goblin wig where right, his hairline not, recedes 25 inches. Let's not talk about that. And it's also, like, swooped in the back. Like, it's strange. Now I just want to hear Dane DeHaan do all the Bully Maguire lines. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, not even, not as an impression, just do them as his hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing him doing the dance right now, and it fits perfectly. He would, yeah, that, that scene would not change much. <laughs> With Dane DeHaan doing it, he'd just look... I feel like he even dresses... Doesn't he have, like, the all-black yes. suit at yes. some point in this? Yeah, yes. he wears all-black, like, almost every single scene. He yeah. wears the Bully Maguire outfit. <laughs> yeah. <Ba-da-ba. laughs> um, I I don't like him in this movie, personally. But I don't, I don't know what would have made him better. I I said perhaps different casting, but I don't know who else could have. Like the the villains just in this movie were not written well. I mean, you had a point about um, choosing one. How do you think that would have changed it? Choosing one what villain? I think it would have helped, and I don't think Harry is the right villain. No, for this movie, I think Electro is better. I. I think there were there are definitely other things that would have to change for that to work, but also like I actually don't mind when they team up, but they didn't too well against well, Spider Man. Sorry, they they do well. There's the one point where like when he breaks him out of I the prison. I need you. I need you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he chases uh, him, and apparently that's enough power to just get him out. All right. Yeah. Well, I actually, I, I weirdly enjoy the scene where they, like, break into Oscorp together as a Why team. was Harry able to do anything against trained guards that are oh, yeah. trained that for break-ins? Where he turns into Jason Bourne for five and seconds. And tases the two. He was, man, he was a spy during most of this movie where he was looking stuff up. I, I mean, I guess it's his company, but again, he was away for years. So why would he know most of anything yeah yeah that's fair and like a lot of his backstory like they have the whole scene where he's at his dad's deathbed which like i guess that's obligatory because i suppose that's like harry's comic origins but also you don't really need it for this movie like it ultimately doesn't matter that much except that he has like the osborne disease but we don't need his whole like fraught history with his dad 
Norman Osborne. I'm guessing one of your assistants sent that to me. Yeah, with this. Yeah. A lot of uh, just a lot of this movie could have been cut out. Like, yeah, it just did not need to be two and a half hours. There's the yeah. Then there's the whole Oscorp politics side plot with um, yeah. the dude who looks like so Storm but isn't. But uh, Oscorp anyway. is another villain in this movie because apparently just yeah. everybody Spider Man knows is also connected to Oscorp except Aunt May. Yep. Also, the plot with the parents, like, what were they thinking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a Jesus point on that. Jesus Christ. Uh, do we want to just get... Because I, I don't know how to fix the villains. I, I don't think anybody does, but do you guys have any suggestions on how to fix them before we move on to plot issues? Because that's going to be a doozy. I mean, I don't really think there's any way to fix them. Like, from the script that we have now, like, yeah. you would have to go in and rework so much of the script beyond just the villains. Right. But just the time that the screenwriter's using, he's not managing his time well. Mm. And it's not helping him in any way. I have a statement that might be considered heresy by some spider-man fans but i stand by it there's been a lot of heresy evan yeah that's fair i think we should stop trying to put harry osborne in <laughs> stories because i mean we we've seen that they work without him i think actually like most of the ones that are agreed upon is better like where is he in spider-verse nowhere like where is he in amazing spider-man one those are in my opinion, the best two. Even like the he's not Tom in the Holland MCU. Ones. He's not in the yeah. MCU. Like it, we've seen it works without him. I think he's one of the worst parts of this movie. And honestly, like I think Harry is the worst part of the Raimi trilogy. And that's saying something coming from me. Like I don't think I've ever cared for him as a character. I I think they don't know how to work him in well. Like maybe spectacular Spider Man. I think he was. Maybe I don't remember completely, but there's a lot of love for just that show in general, and I I think he maybe would have uh, was done justice in that show. I I can't say for sure. I don't remember. I have no knowledge of that, so I won't fight you on it. But I mean, for the mainstream theatrical releases, yeah. like he's always dead weight. They're always trying to force him in somewhere, and it just it doesn't work. And I think part of it is that they they don't we never feel the relationship between him and Peter in the Raimi trilogy. That's attributed to the fact that we never get like a scene where we actually like have them like vibing with each other. And also James Franco was not that great of an actor like, and Tobey Maguire is not bringing it even if he can. Like, so obviously there's issues there. And then in this one, I think, Jelani, you've alluded to this, not on this podcast, but definitely on others. Like, the fact that they kind of are asking you to ship them when they haven't seen each other for 10 years or whatever. And, like, I don't mind the fact that they, like, do that and they're just like, all right, we're reconnecting after some time. That's whatever. But then don't ask us to get invested in that because that's not... A relationship that either of them are probably going to be that invested in if they haven't seen each other for that long. And there's not even a hint of him in the first movie. Like, we get a hint at Osborne, but they mm-hmm. probably hadn't cast him, so he was just a locked character. But we don't even <laughs> right. hear 
Harry's name or see it. So I don't know if they knew. Well, not, even they knew. not even an email. Not even email. Not even an email. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think like that's not to say that they should have put Harry in the Amazing Spider-Man one because I don't think that would have been a good idea. No. But then you know maybe keep him out of two also because if you can't make that a relationship that we're gonna mm-hmm. be invested in, it's a hard thing to to make us care that much when it's just kind of like oh hey i'm back in town for the first time why don't we catch up like that's that's where these two are at they're not at the point where peter is going to try to sacrifice his life or whatever for harry that's that's not going to happen and they build everything between them up not through like scenes but through like expositiony dialogue yeah and you're like okay so this is their history Right, and, and I don't mind down. that from a character perspective. Like, that's the two of them catching up. That's whatever. But they're not even catching up. They're, like, reminiscing about the good old days. And then it turns into... You got a girl. Blood. Yeah, she works for you. Did you Did you guys notice in that scene where he's Spider-Man visiting Harry, uh, he didn't disguise his voice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you think Harry... Yeah, he never always, disguises his voice. for a while. You think Harry would recognize... Then yeah, like, but that's like I don't even every I just take that I'm like if there's ever a superhero who disguises his voice like the movie's just on that like they're just doing that a little extra like it's just Dark Knight yeah, yeah. and that voice I'm not the biggest fan of but... no but he's Batman oh, that is true <laughs> he will never oh one other thing with Harry while we're still on him you know I think again it would be better if he wasn't in it but given that he is we needed more clarification on what the consequences of him getting spider-man's blood could have been because peter's just like it could kill him okay but i mean could it heal him he wanted to be the only spider-man yeah that's kind of what it feels like honestly like i kind of want to be on peter's side but also like harry says I'm dying anyway. Yeah. Why don't we try? I kind of agree. And then Peter has no counteraction. Yeah. He's just like, mm, for that. this will right. suck. Spider-Man? I don't know. It doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is pre-Spider-Verse and pre-No Way Home, so that wasn't trendy at the time. Also, they rely way too heavily on Oscorp in these movies. Mm-hmm. At least this one. The yeah. first one, I feel like it wasn't that... At least heavy-handed, because the main villain worked at Oscorp, and Gwen worked at Oscorp. If Harry wasn't in this, uh, they probably could have cut out everything with Oscorp, really. Yeah, yeah, easily. Harry just, like, uh, he shouldn't have been in it. It The goblin scenes are so rushed and ruined. Because, like, at least in the comics, this is such a major moment. Like, Gwen Stacy's death at the hands of Peter Parker because of the Green Goblin throwing her is a major moment I'll in comic history. This. It, like, changed how people th- thought comics could, like, ha- what could go down. They were like, wait. When they had stakes. That person could die? I didn't know stakes. that. And this one, it's like, Goblin, he has this whole, you betray me, but you don't feel it, because you feel like, well, he just wanted to be the only Spider-Man. And then you don't feel the history, and then the, he looks kind of bad. Kinda. And then the Gwen Stacy stuff goes down. It's like such a waste, and it's just thrown in at the last like ten minutes. Like I was pre- like pausing my movie, being like, 
this is almost over. When is he going to come in? And then it was like five minutes later and then the glider flies in. And I'm like, what? Harry could have been the whole third movie and they could have ended the trilogy on her death, but... They gave Harry uh, Trey Young's haircut. Who? Okay. All right. He's a basketball player and he's... You know when you like get hair on a lollipop when you like drop it? That's what he's yeah. been compared to when it comes to his hairstyle. So that's ah. that's that's what... I'm- I'm glad to say that hasn't happened to me very much, but I'm seeing it now. <laughs> yeah, that's the haircut. Let's move on to plot issues. I feel like, well, we've we've been talking about plot issues. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna say, here. yeah, I'm just gonna say a lot could have been cut out, and people make mm-hmm. a lot of stupid decisions. That's it. Like I don't, I this movie's not so bad that it's unwatchable. It's just I, I legit don't know how to fix it. I don't know how anybody can fix it besides well we we've made some suggestions with like removing hair and just focusing on one villain but if we had to stick to whoever made the decision to keep this movie still somewhat similar i, I don't think anybody could fix it i'm with you i think a lot of it can get thrown away for the better like if you could take out like most of this movie and just keep the 45 minutes of substance and it would be a more enjoyable time like the rhino stuff chop it anything with the parents chop it Mm, anything with harry chop it all you need is Gwen and electro but they really overcomplicated everything i had a few notes just the flashback in the beginning i have an issue in the last episode with the flashback in general just because it felt weird and confusing and unnecessary because they go into the Uncle Ben storyline anyway. And in this movie, it felt like because they return to it and they give you the almost like exact same flashback except with more stuff and reshot and stuff with different actors. And I'm like, okay. And then they have the whole action scene that I guess they really were excited for. Yeah, because that's a very expensive action scene, too. Exactly, that, that, tr- that plane's expensive. I love the transition, because it's, like, one of the best swinging sequences, like, ever, especially in Spider-Man. And I just hate the parent scenes before it, and I hate the constant reminder from Peter in the dialogue how, like, his parents aren't there, because, like... To me, Spider-Man is Spider-Man because he lost Uncle Ben, not because he lost his parents. So, like, at the graduation, Aunt May's like, if only your uncle could be here. And then he's like, yeah, and my folks. And, like, that kind of constant thing happens throughout the rest of the movie until Aunt May just pops off and is like, what the hell? Your dad left you. I have been here this whole time. Screw you. And I'm like, finally. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand why that has to be there. Like, that's another storyline that, like, the Aunt May stuff is kind of just filler. I didn't remember that the parents... Like, this is how forgettable the parents' stuff is. I forgot this movie opened up with the parents. I thought we were just gonna... And this would have made a better movie. Me I too. think we were just... Yeah. I thought we were just going to get straight into him swinging off the bat. And I was I was ready. I was so Would have been so much better. And then I, I hear a bunch of... That would have been so cool. Oh yeah, my god. I hear a bunch of background noise and, and then... I see an old white dude, and I'm like, okay, wait, this isn't Peter. Think about how amped you would get from the word go if the first 
moments of the movie is Hans Zimmer, burr, 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 and then it shows the Spider-Man logo and it's him swinging. Like, that is so much better of a way to start your movie. I was mostly thinking of it because I was thinking of what you said last time, David, with, like, just cut the flashback. Or, like, I, I think you, you were saying reorder it, put the flashback, and then the title sequence. Whatever you said, I, I had that in mind. And I was like, this would be so much more exciting, so much better of an opening to just start with the Spider-Man logo. That no, is what no. I want. Yeah. Like, next time I might just skip that scene. Completely, because, like, it has no substance or substantial anything to the rest of what's going to happen in the two and a half hours you're about to go in. So why not just have the more aesthetically and just, like, instinctively pleasing thing that you're getting? Because it just makes so much sense. Like, I don't know anyone who's like, thank you. God, we got those flashbacks to Peter's parents because I really tied this movie together. I was lost, and now I'm found. Like, you could really lose it. I have previously enjoyed the, the part where he goes and finds the subway and he, like, nope. sees the video from his dad. Like, that has hit for me on previous viewings. It did not this time um, because I was kind of too caught up in, like, this is stupid, we don't need this. Me too. But, like, on previous viewings when I was more willing to go on that ride and didn't see the plot issues really at all, I know that did hit for me a little bit. Again, I don't really stand by that so much. No, I had the same experience. The first time I watched it, that I remember being a very emotional scene for me. But when I watched it this time, and I don't know if it was just me having, like, a cynical, critical eye, but I was like... So how are you going to tell me this dude has had a train hidden, abandoned, whatever, for how many years? And with the flick of a switch, everything, yeah, it's not even the hard electricity to works. There's not a speck of dust. It is, like, beautiful. The, the string lights are going. I'm like, what? what is this? The computer with the giant back from the late 90s is still working in 2014 somehow. Like, there's no way. Well, did you guys have more on plot issues? I have two more small points. I kind of said my piece on him and the Gwen scenes. I wish they had more of... And this is more my issue with just the writing in general. They split Peter so thin, and he has, like... It's like you're watching a bad TV show that had a really high budget, and all the scenes are compiled with no commercial breaks, and it's him doing, like, errands for different, like, characters and arcs and things. Like, nothing feels connected. Nothing weaves together. And that's... I wish there was more with connectivity between what we got with Electro and Gwen. Because, to me, that's the only lifelines in this movie. Everything else, it's like, please, really, just cut it. Yeah, I think if I was going to rewrite this, I would say, yeah, I think you bring it down to just, like, just Electra as the external conflict and and have something with Gwen. Maybe not exactly what they do with this, but maybe something similar, because it's not, like, an awful conflict. But again, I would make Electro, like, I would probably, if I were rewriting this, focus his goal mostly on like taking credit for the power grid and then like being vindictive about that there's still issues that come up with it so i don't think it's a perfect way to rewrite it but also i don't have to be assigned to do that so <laughs> exactly I don't have to worry about that 
But it does make sense because, like, it's not that hard or that much of a stretch to imagine two independent conflicts coming to a head because they both work at Oscorp. Like, the proper yeah. screenwriter could have really popped off with that, but we didn't get that on this day. I don't feel like his hate with Spidey is earned. Like, when he keeps saying, I hate Spider-Man, it's a 180. I'm, I'm like, what? Why? Because he took over the screens and you got jealous? And then he just, he acts like he's his rival. And I'm like, fam, he doesn't even remember your name. Like, what? The same with Harry. Like like Evan said when he said, you, you betrayed me. I'm like, uh, did he? I mean, y'all, yeah, <laughs> y'all haven't spoken for years. You come back and ask for, well, he finds out his blood, and then he suddenly like, imagine that. You. Imagine your friend who you haven't seen in ten years comes back and it's like, hey, fun little thing. I have a genetic disease, <laughs> my father, and I'm gonna be dead in a few months. Can I have your blood? Like, <laughs> I was thinking about Army Hammer the whole time. I was like, so this is just what Army Hammer does. He just goes around asking for people's blood. I was not thinking of Army Hammer, but okay, yes, I see. Is that one of those names like Meta World Peace or Ocho Cinco? No, I don't know if it's a real. I don't know if that's his like birth name. I I would think it's not. There's like no way. But he's a cannibal. What? Yeah. Yeah, he likes. He drinks. Yeah, there was something in the news about that a while ago. He was in the Lone. That's all I know him for, the Lone Ranger, and I didn't even see that. Yeah, movie. he's in the Social Network also. Yeah, um, he plays the twins. <laughs> yeah. Both of them. And he's in that. Uh, yeah, Sorry to bother you. He's a, yeah, he's and he's in Call Me by Your Name. Oh yeah, that's Timothy right. Chalamet. Yeah, I still got to see that. Let's get back on. Is there any more for yes. plot issues? <laughs> Um, yeah, you guys I, kept I, listing his fucking IMDb, IMDb page, so I, I don't Sorry. Know. <laughs> um, so, just two more things. One positive writing lesson to take from this, I think, is that there's a problem that there's too many plot lines, but most scenes do serve more than one purpose. The reason they have to do it is kind of from another problem, but I think it is a good lesson in make your scenes do more than one thing that is a good strategy and i think they actually weave them together as as best they can under the circumstances the biggest problem i see with the plot in this is like i kind of realized this time having electro get captured at the end of act one causes so many problems for this because the movie has nothing to do in act two and that's why you get all these little subplots like it has no main focus that's why I think, like, having the power grid be his main thing. Like, I, I was kind of thinking he could do a Doc Ock, like, in Spider-Man 2, where, like, he has some big action scene early on and then kind of, like, disappears and regroups for a little bit and then has, like, one or two other big scenes where he fights Spider-Man. Like, never capture Electro, I think, in a rewrite of this would be a thing to do. Because as soon as he gets captured, like, all the energy goes out of the movie and they, like, had to figure out what to do until he was freed the Um, more you talk the more you sound like him because skype clearly did not on my end didn't want me to hear what you were saying about getting captured but now you're starting to sound like him so i don't know if this is all connected or if mark webb is listening nah electro is just sabotaging no way home (laughs) Ooh. which Uh, transitions us if we're done with issues (laughs) speaking of uh no way home 
predictions. Go ahead. Okay, well, my final thoughts on Amazing Spider-Man 2 before I do any of that. We talked about it. There's no J. Jonah Jameson. He appears in the email. That's horrible. Wrong. The other thing, I love watching Peter slash Spider-Man work on his, like, electric repellent webs. That is one aspect of the Amazing Spider-Man movies that we don't get a lot in the other adaptations that, like, is so true to the comics. And, like, he's a really smart guy in the comics. Like, smarter than a lot of the other Marvel geniuses. So Mm -hmm. I wish we saw that even further. And hopefully other forms of Spider-Man we will get that. But, yeah, No Way Home. My predictions. Okay. I think Doc Ock is going to be good. I think he's going to work with Tom Holland and the crew. And I think that's why him and Electro are having a little bit of a issue in the trailer where he blasts him out of the building in what I assume is a third act giant finale fight. I think that's also why he is seen with the tech upgrade from Stark Tech in the trailer. Mm. I think... This will not be Tom Holland's last Spider-Man, but I do think it will potentially be the catalyst to send him to the Sony-verse and have him Mm -hmm. fight with Venom and everything. I've read some fan theories about the box that Doctor Strange is holding is a multiverse box thing and as a way to protect kind of what Peter does at the end he might send that dimension into the box and that is going to explain why we connect to the Sony dimension. That's a possibility. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm vibing with it. By the way, they already confirmed another trilogy. Yeah, I heard that. Mm. But they're very suspicious with it. They were very, very sneaky with their wording because they didn't say that they were doing it with Marvel. They said we would work together further with Marvel and then we were doing another and then they said that and then later in a different sentence they said they're doing another trilogy with Tom Holland. They didn't say it together and I was like, interesting. This kind of supports the Sony-verse theory, but we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. I kind of want to see Mary Jane die <laughs> oh, just because of the, I watched Mary or I watched Zendaya Tom Holland and Jacob Batalon on one of their interviews and the way Jacob, Tom, and Zendaya were talking about it, it seemed like Tom was going to be in the next movies, but Jacob and Zendaya weren't. So I was like, ooh, are Ned and her going to die? Is it just going to be Tom that's getting sent or is Peter Man that's getting sent and that's going to be the explanation? I don't know, but I was like, that could be interesting. But what I really think is going to happen is I think they're going to copy the Gwen Stacy moment with Zendaya as Mary Jane and put her on the bridge, like in the comics. Mm -hmm. And when she falls, Andrew Garfield's going to swing in and save her. That's my prediction. I do think Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will both be in the movie. I do think that's why you see the lizard getting kicked in the face by an invisible foot in the trailer from Brazil. (laughs) Um... What else is there? I I don't know. I don't know anything. I think Green Goblin's going to be amazing because Willem Dafoe is the best. And the way he he speaks like it's cheese fondue. He was like, you want to have everything (laughs) you want. Uh, Music to my ears. (laughs) Jamie Foxx is going to look fly and he won't be blue. Thank God. He has a dope looking electro mask over his face. 
Yeah, he's gonna look really cool. Yeah. yeah. Ditto. I, I, they were so focusing on Mary Jane's falling. I was like, all right, that's got to be the scene where they both took me and Andrew swing in. My thing is, can you imagine the backlash if neither one of them are in it? I, I think they're just going to, everybody. I would die laughing. I think everybody. I would start dry heaving at the end of the <laughs> I will be part of that backlash if it's not. I think everybody collectively would cancel Marvel if that's the case. I'd be here for it. This hurt all expectation. Because this is the perfect movie to bring them in just to reprise their roles. Or, what if they bring back Emma Stone and she's Spider-Gwen from a different dimension? I'm here for that. Wouldn't know how to feel about that. And she and she saves Mary Jane. That's interesting. I can't say I dislike it. I don't think that will happen, but I'd be here for it. She's like, been through this before, and then she winks at the camera. She winks That'd at the camera, fun. David. Yeah, after she saves Mary Jane, she's like, Mary Jane's like, oh my god, that, I can't believe you saved me. And Gwen Stacy's like, I've been through that before. And she winks at the camera. I'm really glad we don't have David writing these movies. <laughs> you don't like my vision? What's, what's wrong with it? Sound off in the comments. <laughs> that sounds like something that would be in a Raimi film. Yeah, because it's camp as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and great. you're also like kind brow. of a horror person too, as is Raimi. So maybe it's not. And that I'm surprising. a camp person. I love camp. Camp is that's why, like, when Evan was like, the issue I have with the Raimis is it's intentional. That's why I love it. Everything yeah, in that movie is so intentional. Like, there is not a beat in that movie that is misplaced. Like, that is handcrafted to be exactly the way it is. Whereas. Some of the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 moments, especially the second one, because that's fresh in my mind, like, they have moments that are, like, close to it. Like, when Electro flips the... T he doesn't just flip the table. He zaps the table, and it, like, throws itself into a corner and smashes against the glass. And then Harry Osborn walks down the steps and goes, Oh, how the tables have turned. I just thought and of I'm Michael like, in that moment. Oh, how the turn tables. Oh, interesting. We love The Office. See, yeah, Ryan. Because Ryan. Yep, that's, that's <laughs> The only, like, Raimi-esque moment I felt, it's, like, the tiniest moment, but in the initial swing sequence, there's some unseen pedestrian that goes, like, in the stone, Spider-Man! <laughs> like, off to the side. And Spider-Man's like, hey there, pedestrian, or whatever. He has some, like, response. That's the only moment in this that really rings of the Raimi trilogy. And I guess a couple of Electro's lines. But even those, like... Because I think they're trying to make him, like, really badass with, like, some of his lines. I don't think that tends to be the undertone in the Raimis. Like, they don't mind their villains looking ridiculous. I don't think anyone wanted Electro to look ridiculous. I don't think anybody's badass in those movies. No. Also, the suit. No. You guys like this suit more? I, I, when I saw it this I time, I... I, I I agree with everybody else. I just don't like how thin it looks. Like, it looks like you could poke the suit and then there's a hole. Like, it looks ridiculously thin because there's, like, crinkles and stuff in it. So I, I do enjoy this suit more than the first, but I still kind of mess with the first one, too. The first one being The Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man 1 or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like the idea of him using his sunglasses as lenses. That was, that was kind of dope to me. I like them both, but I, I agree. Like, I kind of was looking at it and i was like that looks 
It looks like it's a little bit loose on him in a couple of places. Like, it doesn't look quite as... It, for some reason, it was distracting to me this time. But the design of it is really fly. Like, just the mix of colors is so dope. Also, surprise, surprise. Uh, I saw a Reddit post that said Garfield is really good with acting with his body when he's in the suit. Um, yeah. And they played that scene in at the power grid where Gwen shows up and she's like, I'm here. And he's just upset at her and he's like grabbing at his body and like pushing her back and also looking back at the same time. And I was like, yeah, I, it, there was no audio for the post either. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I agree. You You can only show so much emotion when your face doesn't move he's just such a good actor yeah, yeah he's an excellent actor he's probably in my top 10 favorite actors um more so for the social network than this movie like andrew garfield has such a great physicality in and out of the suit like mm-hmm. sometimes i think it's a little aggressive like I, I don't know if you guys would remember this moment but at the beginning of the first movie he like gets off the counter like, he's sitting on the counter and he follows Uncle Ben down the stairs. And he just does it in such a strange way. He's, like, hunched over somehow. It's very specific. And I don't know if it's, like, the best choice, but it is memorable. Like, you can you can tell it's remember. him under the suit later when he's doing, like, those similar mannerisms. Okay. Have there's there's a lot of moments like that. All right. Evan, predictions? I don't have nearly as many predictions as David. You sound like you've got this movie half written in your head. Um, <laughs> I have, I've, I've fallen into that trap with other things. This is not one of those cases. I just want some good Andrew Garfield. That's like, that's <laughs> literally the only reason I'm going at all. You're um, gonna be so disappointed. David I, is a is a masochist. He thrives off of people being. I'm not a masochist. Are you not? You, you no. just said you'd die laughing if they weren't in the movie. Yeah, because of how funny that would be. That would piss so many people off. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. You just pro- proved my point by that, saying that, what I didn't say it pissed me off, though. Being no, a masochist no. was, I oh, want to get pissed masochist. off. I'm a sadist. I meant sadist. Sadist. My yeah, friend. oh, a thousand percent. Okay. Here we well, go. Get it is. right. <laughs> I remember masochist as me, and then sadist as the other one. But it, it, it I didn't look at all. I would look down the line because I'm going tomorrow at 7 p.m. to see it with 10 other people. Oh, I am also God. going tomorrow at 7, I think. I don't know how many people are going. There's at least. I'm going with two people I know, and I think one of them. Like, one of them got us the tickets, and they have some other friends that I am going to guess I haven't met. But we're all going tomorrow. I um, see it Saturday, so I'm going to stay up the internet from Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, if I they're not in the movie, I, I will look down that line at all of their faces and laugh. I'm almost definitely going to cheer when Andrew Garfield shows up. I'm going to be so hyped for I'm that. I'm going to cheer when that Elfman score starts playing. I'm going to freak out. If they bring back I the Hans, I'll cheer for that, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I'm mostly really just going for the Garfield. If, if, if I didn't think he was going to be in it, I would not be going. And if he's not in it, I will count it as a waste of money. But if you get like two minutes, will you be satisfied? I want as much of him as I can get. If he's in it at all, this is very I'm suggestive. probably going to be satisfied. But I can tell you that I'm not expecting to enjoy the rest of the movie, especially. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's going to be the standard MCU. It's going to be like 
frustratingly basic and they're gonna have kind of annoying jokes and benedict cumberpatch isn't gonna be using a british accent which is a crime like i'm sure it'll be fine but i'm really just gonna be waiting for andrew garfield to show up and i know people are gonna be excited for toby mcguire i won't take that away from any of them i would really love to see them lean into some of the bully mcguire memes they are probably not gonna do that but I would like to see some kind of nod to it. I've been seeing some people say they think there's going to be a lot of jokes about how uh, Toby's webs come like from him and not a web oh, shooter, probably. and they think there's going to be a lot of jokes about that, or at least some kind of joke about it. I don't see a way around it. It's got to be acknowledged somehow. Yeah, I've seen people saying there should be jokes about that and then Andrew not having a trilogy, but I don't know if they would actually be that like on the nose with it. Well, you wanted Gwen Stacy to wink at the camera, David, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think the Gwen Stacy wink at the camera is more likely because that's not, like... That's, that's meta awesome. enough. No, acknowledging don't take acknowledging a whole, like, that Garfield doesn't have a trilogy, that's, that's too meta for the MCU. I, I would love it. I don't think this will happen again, but I want Toby to enter with the james brown song from the street dance saying scene in spider-man 3 i want that to be his intro music it won't that's just hurtful it is my favorite thing about that series that's... i'm not going to apologize for wanting that and i'm not going to get what i want so what thank god stay the... that here. he's going to come in with that elfman score and oh. i'm going to cry like a little baby because I remember when I watched The Last Jedi and they brought back Yoda as a puppet and I screamed in the theater, Yoda! And people looked at me like I was weird. I Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people cheering with me when Garfield shows up tomorrow. Do so... you? Yeah, do you? Yes. Yeah, because it's, like it's people be you're going night. with or just like the public? Uh, I think our theater will have... I mean, it's been really hard to get tickets, I heard. I I wasn't expecting to, but then my friend was but like... But they're hey, going to cheer more for Maguire. I wish you were wrong, but you're probably right. They There will be more cheers for Maguire, which is part of why I'm definitely going to cheer for Garfield, because so, I don't know how many people are going to show up for him, but I'm going to show up for him. That's the only reason I'm there. Once he's on screen, I'm cheering. <laughs> you just start wooing until he gets off screen. No. All of his no, no, no! I'm not gonna scenes. do. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna be that obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I'll bring an air horn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my predictions. I'm I'm not trying to predict too much outside of it. I don't really care what they do with this in the context of the MCU. I know what I'm getting, and I am not psyched for it outside of Garfield. Amen. Um, <laughs> Did you? All right. I don't know. That felt like a place to throw in an amen. But are you referencing God's not dead? No. This sounded because like you know he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jelani, what are your predictions? <laughs> uh, I said ditto to what David said. Oh. Oh, all of it. Well, oh, not the Gwen Stacy thing. Oh yeah, that's not actually gonna happen. You'd probably it's not cool enough for that. That Emma Stone will show up, but I would not. That's the end credit scene. It's her putting on the suit, and they're like wrapping up the set. Oh wow! You just want to really want to get meta with it, huh? Why not? They have so much money. Like, get over yourself, Disney. 
Alright. I want to keep this shorter than the movie, so if we're done, let's be done. I'll just reiterate, this is not great, but I am going to rewatch it someday again, expecting to enjoy it again. I still enjoy this movie, and I'm not sorry that I do, but I do acknowledge it's bad. Alright. I can only watch Emma Stone die so many times, so I, I can't be with you there. But um, I get it. That, I remember being so devastated when I watched that in theaters. And this time I watched it, and I was like, did you feel anything? David, that I doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise I, me. Yeah. I mean, I feel <laughs> I feel things a lot, but not there. I fucking, what was it, the hand thing that your dad said? I was like, really? <laughs> hands reaching out <laughs> like i would expect that in the rabies trilogy because the rabies trilogy is just that that is the Raimi trilogy but in this one i was like really it's a hand i will defend the web hand but the rest of that scene i think is pretty damn solid like that just the fall sequence and the slow-mo with it this movie does have a good use of slow-mo i think um i don't know if i mentioned that before but I think it actually employs it quite well. Our next episode is probably going to be Back to the Future. We're going to be off for a few weeks probably for the holidays, but that is in uh, the future. Really? You can check out our YouTube channel. There should be a video about Spider-Man coming up pretty soon. Yep. Collaborative effort this time between me and Jelani. I uh, don't know when that'll happen. Yep. but probably within a couple weeks once I get it edited. You can go to our Patreon for $1 a month and hear us rant about the Raimi trilogy and uh, get a few other bonus episodes. We have merchandise on Zazzle. Our logo is by Kelsey Hendry. I'm on Twitter at Ev underscore Wes. I'm on Twitter at Jelani T. Kelly. No, Beast underscore Phoenix. Oh, I keep forgetting. Instagram, Beast Phoenix, one word. Uh, I haven't streamed on Twitch, but I have a YouTube-based Phoenix as well. I'm still looking for a manga artist. I've been working really hard on getting that uh, ready to go. So if if you are a manga artist, uh, please feel free to reach out. I am going to be at the Cherry Hill Mall tomorrow watching Spider-Man, so come on out. Well, this won't yeah. be out until uh, well after Perfect. that, I think. But... <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> So nobody can stop you. Secure. But uh, you have an alibi now, so exactly or something. We have you on record there. Are you are you still uh, at the clock tower Gwen Stacy dies at on Instagram? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. We bring it back. Why? Might as well. There's no other time we do it. Bring it back. Ah, she broke her back. I'm gonna let that one go. <laughs> If only Peter could, <laughs> you know, but he, he wept her. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. You made me wait the Did... whole episode. And All then right. I snapped it on you. All right. Just really? Like David? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. You better watch it. Because <laughs> right. you're, you're stretching um... your limit. You're stretching. Yeah. All right. Disney, if Andrew Garfield isn't in it, I'm coming for you. If he uh, is. Show uh... me a Raimi fan and I'll show you a cult member. All right. Bye. See you guys next time. <laughs>